great stuff, people. Thank you for, um, yeah, bearing with us. And um, here is the rest of this week's episode. Enjoy. A Christmas carol, people. How many different versions have there been, right? Man, I just remember seeing a, a few. I believe there was one with Bill Murray. And I remember, oh, the Muppets had one. And then there was a Disney cartoon version with um, Mickey Mouse and all, which really messed me up. <laughs> oh, man. I watched that version when I was a little kid. And, um, yeah, I was probably six or something. And I remember thinking, fuck. I think I'm going to get visited by ghosts. <laughs> I'm not sure I've been good this year. And then the next, so that was Christmas Eve. And then in the middle of the night, I woke up and there's something at the end of my fucking bed. And I was crapping myself. Man, you, you do that thing, right? You get underneath the covers because obviously a knife wielding maniac isn't going to be able to get you underneath your covers. And yeah, so I'm thinking the ghosts are here. The fucking ghosts are here. That must be Jacob Marley. And so I'm underneath my covers. And then the next day, and I am dying, dying to use the toilet, right? And um, so I'm under the covers. I'm holding it in all night. I wake, like in the morning when I see this light, so I venture out. At the end of my bed was a fucking teddy bear. <laughs> a fucking teddy bear. Oh my days. I thought that shit was Jacob Marley. Woo. <laughs> but, oh my days. Right, so yeah. Look, there have been so many different versions, and a lot of them very enjoyable. So when I saw there's a new version of A Christmas Carol, I was a bit like, okay, I'm going to give it a go. You know, I may hate Christmas, but I'm intrigued. So yeah, I, you know, I jumped on it. Now, as I, I never read the blurb, I don't want to read it, because I don't want to ruin anything so I never read the blurb so it was I was very um surprised <laughs> with what I saw okay so um yeah basically right this new version is uh yeah from Jackie and David Morris the brother and sister and it sounds like they have been tearing things up on, um, you know, the British scene with their films and adaptations and theatre productions. Yeah, they've been killing it. So, yeah, they're behind this. They uh, jointly directed. David wrote the script. Um, Jackie produced. And they brought along with them a host. A host of talented individuals um providing uh the you know the voice 
car. So we got Simon Russell Beal, Martin Freeman, Carrie Mulligan, Daniel Kalua, Andy Serkis. Um, yeah, you know, that's not all though. You know, it's just so many more. It's very impressive. You know, really, you know, Leslie Karen, Sean Phillips, uh, Fia Achilia, Oliver John Locke, Billy Jenkins, um, and you've got a host of, um, yeah, you've got a host of then actors, right? So, um, we've got, uh, Jacob Franzwazi, Russell Malifont, Kyle Fugerland, Breck, uh, Mickey Boats, Grace Jabbery, and Dana Furious. So, um, yes, it's, it's, it's an intriguing, um, yeah, an intriguing way they've gone about this. So, as we know, you know, A Christmas Carol, well, this version anyway, it follows a Victorian family as they prepare a toy theatre for their annual performance of A Christmas Carol. The audience enters the imagination of one of the children and quickly the cardboard stage transforms to reveal a magical world containing real dancers and stylized sets. The tale unfolds on screen in a rich tapestry of highly absorbing, haunting and theatrical drama with characters portrayed by dancers and voiced by an eclectic cast of incredible actors. The mix of danced action and spoken narration brings a completely new and exciting dimension to Dickens' characters whilst remaining true to the beauty of his original narrative. So, um, you know, the choreography is, uh, yeah, by, um, Russell Maliphant, who does work at the South Bank Centre, um, and Sadler's Wells, you know, very, um, very recognised person, um, you know, a lot of design is Darko Petrovic, um, you know, the score is Alex Barnowski. So, yeah, a lot of very talented individuals involved in this, people. A lot of talented individuals indeed. Now, as mentioned, so it, it starts off, right? So you've got all these, all the kids putting together this cardboard theatre, which I was, you know, looking at and thinking, oh... Is that meant to be the Royal Albert Hall? Because it's this circular thing, and it it does look a little Albert Hall-ish. You know, so you've got the kids, and then you've got the parents and the grandmother. You know, they're sitting there. 
and the grandma is like, oh, you want me to tell you a ghost story, do you? Oh, okay. And so, yeah, she then starts to tell the story. And, um, yeah, we then go into the imagination of one of the children. Now, I mean, I'm not sure it's obvious it's the imagination of one of the children. But, you know, something is going on. Um, but, yeah, so, now, what is a bit odd, right? So, it starts, and you've got all of these people lying in the snow, right? Lying in the snow, and then you've got this couple who are kind of start to writhe. <laughs> I, I say writhe. Obviously, they're doing a, you know, an interpretative dance but it, it's kind of at first you're like oh are they writhing what's going on but you've got all these people in the sitting in the snow and obviously yes i realize it's not snow but you would kind of you do think why is everyone in the snow <laughs> why is it why is everyone starting off on the floor it is a little perplexing I don't know why um, they chose to go that route, but that is what they did. Anyway, so we, we have them there, and yeah, then we have a few minutes of people dancing, as it were, yeah, um, and then we get into it. So, you know, you've got Scrooge sitting there doing his thing in his money house, you know, we see people there signing away, you know, getting their debts, so they've got some money and all of this, and we're getting the story, um, and it is, you know, the traditional story, as we all know, it's, I think, it's, it's an interesting thing, Beers, it's kind of like, you know, watching some visuals whilst listening to an audio book, you know, but I kind of felt in some places it worked maybe better than others, you know, I, I, because there is a little bit of a disconnect between, you know, the narration and what's happening and I think the, one of the things is because in a say if you're watching a musical and so the actors are dancing as well right or the dancers are acting as well whichever way they decide to go with the people who they want to be you know dancing you know but they are delivering the lines and singing and dancing and all of that jazz. So you see all the expression on their face. But here, because the dancers aren't speaking, you don't really... There isn't necessarily... A lot with the facial expressions. You know, it, it's more about movement. 
And that kind of creates this gulf. You know, there's a bit of a, a difference in what you're hearing and what you're seeing. And also, it's... I think because of the space they're utilizing, it's not necessarily dance, dance, right? It's more twirls. So you often have people twirling around each other and spinning and that kind of thing. So it's a lot of repetitive movement rather than we get to see some unique, different numbers for the different scenes and from, say, different people. Like, if we had Scrooge, who, you know, he always did the same dance, but it was very unique to Scrooge, that would be a little bit different. But it's not really that, you know? So, yeah, it it was just a bit... I think it takes a bit to get used to, a bit to kind of, kind of think to yourself, okay, so this is what, you know, it's just like, I have to um, understand what I'm getting from them, and then what I'm getting from the narrators, and some narrators, yeah, are better than others, Right, it's that thing with audiobooks where some people just read it kind of just as themselves. You know, it's just like, and he opened the door. The door led to a room. The room was, it was big. And then they were, where some people be like, and he opened the door. He took a minute and then stepped into the room. Hmm. He ponders. You know, some people give you more with their narration, which then, you know, breathes more life into it. You know, gives you that little bit extra. Not everyone, not everyone gives you this. So you you have that weird kind of thing between the different people speaking mirroring that up with now these dancers so it is at times a little bit hodgepodge you know trying to be like okay hmm am i am i believing this scene do i get what's happening you know like there's a moment when um Scrooge is walking and you have two people following him trying to convince him to, you know, donate some money. Right? And like they keep on grabbing at him and that and so it's it you know, it's a bit weird with then the narration on top of it. You know, it doesn't really translate as a scene. But then the scenes with um, um, Tiny Tim, you know, that family. Gosh, I forget the name of them. But, you know, those ones, right? 
they 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 always come across as what they are you know you you feel like there's all the kids and then parents and you know it, it, they're poor but it is very loving and wholesome that you feel that you get that so you know some bits seem to work more than others right the effects of the ghosts the effects of the ghosts are interesting you know like um our first one like because there's this translucent element and yeah you are a little tr intrigued like huh how did they do that that is very good you know i did i did like the ghosts and you know all in all the cinematography and i mean would you call it cinematography no probably not but the lighting and the set design yes yeah 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 yeah. that's that's a better um phrasing for it really isn't it the lighting and the set design that that's very like the lighting is always very good you know i think the lighting does help with the ambiance of the scene and what is meant to be going on so that works very well now the the set design that's interesting right because we have these kind of you know it does feel like back in dickens's day you know and you've also got like this anime i say animation but it is kind of like these drawing stills right that, that kind of come up to the pick certain things which you know it is very it's, it's good i i liked that right it, it did give you this certain feel so i think that works the flashbacks work because of um yeah again the way it's all lit so yeah like these elements are great right so it is something that i think uh i don't know i think people that go to the theater a lot right i think if you go to the theater a lot if you watch a lot of um you know ballet and and productions i think you will probably you know fit into this maybe more than someone who is solely cinema cinema <laughs> who is solely you know going to the cinema right i i think that might be a thing there's i i think when you go to the cinema you you know the people are talking the people are talking moving and everything is encased within that role but because of the different separations that are here it is more fitting maybe for like a, a ballet performance or or something along the lines of that or an opera even though again the dancers aren't talking you know which i do find it was a bit of a shame
I mean, I, I think it would have been good if the dancers did talk. Like, you could have still have some narration, but, um, but yeah, but I understand. It's, you know, it is always good to take these chances to try something new, right? It's the only way we push the envelope. So, it is an interesting situation. Um, but I think it does have that, you know, Christmas feel to it. It does have the feel of a Christmas carol. So, listen, if you're just a diehard Christmas carol fan, a Dickens, you know, groupie, then, you know, I think you will want to go see it. You know, but um, yeah, understand what you're going to see, people. You know, because um, maybe it's for you, maybe it's not. Maybe you'll want to check out the trailer or the featurette. So if you go to the details of the episode, yeah, there will be a link for a trailer and also a, a bit of a longer link. But in length, not longer in word. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so you know, I think the, the featurette is four minutes. And I think it's around about that. But maybe give those a look. Because those will give you a feel for what this film is. But, yes. If you're into it, yeah. Go check it out. Right? Because, as I said, look. There is a, a, a host of talented individuals involved. So, yeah, I think you possibly might like it. Myself, I'm still a little humbug, but that's just me, people. That's just me. So there you go. Do you want to get down with Ebenezer Scrooge? Follow his trial with the three ghosts? Well... You soon can with this new interpretation of A Christmas Carol. Have to say, I really love it when I get to see a film that completely catches you off guard. You know what I mean? Just surprises you immensely. And yeah, I will I will say that Daniel um, Schechter's new film, Safe Spaces, otherwise known as After Class. I always find that weird, right? It was released in America as After Class and it comes to the UK as Safe Spaces. I, it, it, it's like either they think someone is dumb, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because... I would understand. Either call it one or the other. You don't need to change it. I think we would understand. You know, you know what I mean? I, I think either, either works. Probably Safe Spaces is the better title. Because I think that is the epitome of really what's being discussed here. You know? But yeah, it, it completely surprised me. You know, I, I think 
you know, there's the um, the poster that's attached to the press kit that comes out. It shows a lot of um, seats, and it looks like it's an auditorium, but then there's gaps in between the people. So I don't know. I thought maybe it's COVID related because there was another image I saw, and it's just got Justin Long sitting on his own, right? So I thought it was COVID related and I wasn't sure if I was gonna watch it at first because I'm just like, I don't know if I can watch any more COVID related shit. I don't know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm like, I like the cast. I like the director, so I'm going to watch it, right? Because why wouldn't I, really? Why the fuck wouldn't I? So I did and um, yeah extremely happy that I did check it out because it's a great film man all right so let us break it down all right so um yeah it's directed by Daniel uh I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right I think it's Shetster um S-C-H-E-C-H-T-E-R is it I don't know. I think it is. He directed it. He also wrote the piece. Uh, it's produced by Lawrence Greenberg, Courtney Johnson, and Jordan Keschler. Um, and uh, the music is Aaron Esposto. Uh, cinematography is Gregory J. Wilson. Uh, it's edited by Joshua Raymond Lee and uh, Daniel Schuster as well. Um, yeah, people. All right, so there's a few things happening in this film, right? But the uh, you know, I mean, the the synopsis, you know, I mean, the blurb that um, I think is floating around, right, is uh, this. Okay, so, um, yeah, a New York City professor who spends a week reconnecting with his family while defending his reputation over controversial behavior at his college. Safe Spaces um, has a all-star cast. And, um, yeah, it's directed by Daniel Shepska. Oh, you know what? We haven't gone over the cast. Yeah, let's let us do that because you know. So Justin Lon, he is starring in it as Josh Cone. Uh, we've got Kate Berlant, who is his sister, Jackie Cone. We got Michael Goudre, who is his brother, David Cone. Um. We then have got Fran Desch Drescher, who is a Diane Cohn, their mother. We've got Richard Sheaf, who is um, Jeff Cohn, their father. Um, yeah, we've got Tyler Waldis as Ben, or Benjamin Cohn, who is uh, Jeff's new son yeah yes jeff and diana are separated 
Um, yes, who else? We got um, Lincoln, which is funny. Because <laughs> we got, yeah, Lin, what, Cone or Cohen as Agatha, who is um, Diane's mother. Um, uh, Sylvia Morigi as Katerina, uh, who is Josh, um, you know, Josh's girlfriend. Yeah, I, I'd say he's his girlfriend, right? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say they're our, our main people. I, I mean, Emily Ferguson is Jennifer, who is kind of pivotal to the story. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is a really interesting piece, right, because it's, it's dealing with a lot of stuff that's kind of going on, right, that gets talked about, but I don't think is necessarily addressed, you know, because I think there's certain things, certain conversations that um, <clears throat> people don't want to have. And I think that is very well shown in the film, you know. Because it, so it starts off, right, the first things we see is a, um, it's a lecture, right. So we've got everyone um, in a lecture hall. Uh, we got uh, Justin, Josh, at the front. And one of his students is has interrupted, you know, and he's, like, making him be quiet and letting this young lady tell a story. Like, well, they're debating her story, right? She wrote a piece, because it's a, it's a writing class, right? So she's written a piece, and they're uh, dissecting it, going over it. And I think the boy who interrupted, he's like, ah, I don't believe this. I don't believe it. And he's, just, she's, you know, she's, you know, it's true. This happened to me, but she changed the end, right? In the, at the, like, she'd been on a date, right? And she wrote that, um, and we don't hear this bit, but it's kind of referenced. But the ending of her story was, the date was going terribly, so she excused herself to go to the toilet, and she climbed out the window and left and never saw him again. Now, that didn't happen. So we get Josh going, all right, what happened? Tell me what actually took place. And she's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, don't worry. Don't worry, it's fine. You can say anything unless you don't want to. And she's like, okay, I'll tell. He's like, correct. And so what she said happened was he invited her back to her house and asked, then asked if he could, you know, jerk off onto her butt. And she was just like, all right, fine. And then nothing else happened, but she was kind of a little embarrassed about it. And he's just like, yo, don't worry. Like... You know what I mean? That we've all got things that we can be embarrassed about, right? That everyone has shit. But it's fine. But we can use that. You know, that is our fuel to talk about, right? And so he's asked the class, yo, who 
resonated with the truth more than the stuff that she wrote. Everyone raised their hand. I mean, basically everyone. I think a few people might not have, but basically everyone's raised their hand. Everyone's smiling. Everyone's engaged. You know? And it, it was. it feels like an energized conversation. You know, like everyone seemed cool. So we then jump from this and it's nighttime. Uh, he gets a phone call. He's in his apartment. He gets a phone call. It's his sister. She wants to come over and he's just like, ah, no, no. Because he's got he's, he, this girl over, right? Um, but his sister's been at the hospital seeing their their gran and she's just like look can i come and he's just like ah and he lets her right but um you know there's some fun conversations and then we're back to them in the morning they're at a cafe getting breakfast while traveling so they're having a conversation talking it's all engaged it's all interesting because we're getting an insight at the hospital, they meet their other brother, you know what I mean, David, and um, yeah, it then kind of goes from there, um, you know, they're talking to their gran, <clears throat> there's a lot, because you know, she's really ill, you know, she's really ill, I think there's like, different medications haven't worked it's like this whole situation you know it's getting problematic with having getting people to be able to sit with her because they want to make sure when she wakes up she you know there's a familiar face like she's 86 you know what i mean she's had some serious shit going on so there's just a lot happening you know what i mean there's a lot happening there's drama and, um, yeah, Josh then gets a phone call, right? Well, I mean, no, actually, he goes back into class, right? He's having another group. I think it's like a study group or something. But there is a angry, angry confrontation between a number of kids. You know, uh, a, a black young lady is, you know, is saying that what another guy, uh, this white guy is saying is um, like misogynistic and then it becomes a whole, whole big thing, right? A whole big thing. People, their opinions are getting hurt, but they're all, everyone wants to be right. Everyone wants to be right. Everyone wants to be heard. No one wants to listen, which is the issue. No one is actually listening to each other, so Josh then goes to see his head, right, because of the incident that had happened earlier in the day, um, and then he walks into some shit, <laughs> he really does, uh, because there has been a complaint made, right, there has been a complaint made by, uh, one of the students, Jennifer, you know, um, and she has complained about the lecture, 
right? She she says that Josh was being like confrontational. He pressured a student into doing something. He you know he he was um, being aggressive, and it made her and a load of other people uncomfortable. And the you know what I mean the big thing was Jennifer. I think she had been raped, right? So she said the whole thing she found triggering. Which, yeah, that then uh, you know, really opens up our story, right? It really opens up the story because you now have all these people, right? All of these people like going back and forth and combative and everything like that. Oh, I will say like, so the teachers involved are um, Mary and Terry. So Mary is fr played by Becky Ann Baker and uh, Terry is Samrat uh, Sharabarti, um, who are very good, right? Because I think the whole thing is, you know, they, they want him to apologize to the student. And like Mary seems a bit more kind of open. Terry is like, oh, well, you do, you were wrong. You know what I mean? Like it's disrespectful. You did this. And it's just like, Terry's just like, oh, and yeah, Jennifer was raped. And like Terry's kind of like, dropping shit that Josh doesn't know but he's kind of saying it like Josh knew but Josh still said it and did it so like everyone's coming at these issues from so many different points of views and it is becoming very problematic right and I have to say the story is so engrossing it's so great because you have this issue Right, you you have an issue that is very nuanced, right? It, it, it's very nuanced. It, it's been in the news a lot, and they are kind of going around it. But I feel, look, but you could go to you could go a few ways with this story, right? You could have it that you know. This incident happens, and now it's a big redemption story of Josh trying to make amends, you know, real sorry, really feeling sad. Or you could have him, like, making a stand, fighting against what he feels right, which, you know, I think either could have worked but it would have felt a little bit, I don't know, a little bit odd, you know, because it's not how these things play out. So what we get is, you know, Josh trying to navigate this whole thing. Like he's talking to his girlfriend. I feel it's his girlfriend. It's a girl he's seeing right now. You know, she's staying at his place. Yeah, let's say girlfriend, just to make it easy. Who, um, she's Spanish, she doesn't really get it. 
You know what I mean? She's just like, oh, so you want to fuck your students? He's like, no, 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 that's not the story. I'm trying to tell you what happened. And she's just like, eh, uh, I don't know. Just apologize, maybe just apologize. But he's, Josh is kind of like, I don't know why I should apologize. You know, I, I, I was trying to energize this conversation and you know i didn't know right i i didn't know that this thing had happened to this girl so it's not like i you know i intentionally tried to trigger her i'm just trying to get the best out of the students you know show them you know to embrace your fears when you're writing which is definitely a you know it's fair right there's certain things that have to be said when you're trying to get people to do something. And when I say that, I'm like, when you're trying to get people to, you know, change the patterns in which they write, you know, embrace the burn. You know, if you think, oh, I don't know if I should write that because maybe people won't, just write it. Just write it. Go with it. And then we'll, we'll deal with what happens when it happens. You know, you can always alter it through feedback, but just put your true feelings out there. So you have to give examples. You have to do these things. So it all becomes very inflamed. And on top of all of this, they're trying to deal with, you know, the grandmother who's really ill. You know, then you've got, you know, as I said, look, he, his mum and dad have separated. His dad's now got a new family. But people aren't really talking. It, that's all a mess. So you're trying to deal with all these different things. All these different things. And it's just... It's tough. Right? It is real tough. But everyone involved everyone involved does a tremendous job we have so many great performances here you know like justin long is he's in you know, exceptional form you know, he, he's doing a tremendous job in this role because this is the thing josh isn't an arsehole right he he feels bad he feels bad for Jennifer. He feels bad that she's upset. But he doesn't really feel he should apologize because he's doing his job. Like he's trying to teach. You know what I'm saying? So you, you have to be able to show that. You have to show the fact that you, you do understand the situation you do feel bad but then you have to show the conviction of look i'm doing my job i'm doing what you brought me in here to do and you haven't given me any information right if you told me some of the issues that have been going on maybe i'd change the approach slightly i'd know certain things not to say but you didn't do that so what do you want me to do here 
You know what I mean? It's a, it's a crazy situation to be in, but we get all of that from Long's performance. Then we've got his sister, Jackie, who, um, Burlet, she does, uh, she's always great, right? She's, she's always giving us good performances in, um, you know, wherever we see her. And again, she's on, um, just superb form, you know, on superb form here, like, yeah, I think, I've, I've enjoyed her in just all her things, you know, sorry to bother you, happy anniversary, duck butter, oh man, you know, she even had a role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right, and she's been great in all of these, you know what I mean, and, yeah, the performance she gives here of this, you know, this young lady who's going through shit of her own, right? Trying to cope with a grand's, you know, potential imminent death. There's the situation with her mum and dad, and it's all there, but, she, you know, she's trying to do her thing. And it's all complicated, Right? And I think that's the big thing. It's all complicated. And there's so much happening. So much happening. Which I think sometimes people, you know, I think the key is people don't, they don't want to, um, or they just don't realise. You know, you just think, I feel like this. You know, I want to be heard. But you don't take into consideration what might be going on with anyone else. You know? Because it's funny. There's there's something that gets said towards the end, right? And it's just, um, like, what Josh, you know, about Josh. And it was just like, um, yes, he, he's, you know, a very passionate um, teacher who's, you know, really cares about what he does, you know, maybe he's inexperienced, and he did a thing, right, but it was just like, it made me feel like this, and it wasn't like, okay, so it may, you interpreted the situation in this way, but it's not to say anyone else did. You know what I'm saying? Because there's many occasions that we see. And you could look at it and go, oh, that was terrible. Right? That was, like, how many times have you gone to a comedy club, right? Or you've seen some comedy, some stand-up. You know, you watch a special on Netflix, maybe Paramount, you know, Amazon, right? Wherever. And uh, there's a joke that you hear, and you might think, I don't think that's funny. That, no, I don't really like that joke. But you can see everyone else laughing. Everyone else in stitches. So, because you didn't like it, should you have the right to tell that comedian he should never or her, they should never tell that joke again, right, but remember, 
everyone else is laughing. It's just you're the one who, you know, doesn't like it. Who, where it's hit a certain nerve with you. Yeah, that's the thing. Because, no, right? They didn't tell that joke to offend you, right? They told that joke because, hey, it's funny. And it's funny because everyone else is laughing. And that's the thing. It's just like, just because we might get offended by one thing doesn't mean it's at us and it doesn't mean you know we have to look at it like the person saying the thing that's offended us doesn't necessarily know our backstory doesn't know that oh this terrible thing happened to you right and and i feel this is what the film really addresses without having to spell it out right it it just shows us certain situations and how different people are affected differently you know like there's a whole thing with josh and david because josh slept with j david's babysitter right so um yeah him and his like david and his wife have now got you know they've got a few issues trying to find people to look after the kids because yeah josh slept with a babysitter and Josh is all, ah, you know, like, it was a consensual thing, and, you know, she wanted to do this, and blah, blah, blah. But David and his wife see it as, you screwed us. <laughs> you know what I mean? You fucked us over. But they both have different interpretations of the situation, right? So you had these things going throughout the film that, you know, a, a kind of smaller projections of this bigger incident that is, you know, the underlining piece that's running through. And it's, a, you know, I feel it, it's done to great effect. It, it really shows us, yeah, people are different. People have different views. And we kind of need to look at those, you know, without screaming and shouting. Like, another thing in the story is, you know, Jeff, you know, their dad, his situation. You know, because it kind of runs into, um, you know, their grand Agatha in hospital. It's a big thing, right? It's a big thing, and it is great. Like, the way these stories progress, the way we see them all unfold, and, you know, the conclusions we get from a lot of them, yo, they really hit home. They they really, you know what I mean? They really unfold in this way that is complete. Right? We Look, we don't get all the information at times, but it makes sense because it's real life, right? And you don't always get every single little minutiae of a situation. But what we do get and what we do see, it is enriched. You know, it is there. It's on display and it unfolds in this way that makes sense. Even when it doesn't necessarily unfold in the way that you might predict, the way you might like. 
it's a story and you understand it you can see it and you are you're touched by it right because there's comedy here but there is also these really touching moments like these really touching moments that oh man can uh yeah really affect you you know this is a a really just oh man it's a great film it's a great film i just yeah i loved every moment of it loved every moment of it, people you know it, it, it's fantastic um so it is out on uh, all the digital platforms on monday the 7th of december you know you will be able to pick it up in all those usual places itunes amazon google you know sky virgin bt all them spots right you can grab it so um yeah go do that right go do that and enjoy this superb piece of storytelling because it is it's a superb piece of storytelling with a just sensational cast every single body holds it down like the two little girls that play david's daughters they're fantastic you know i mean like everyone involved is great <laughs> you know nick and glazius plays alan who's um diana's sister's son like he's great like just yeah everyone like as i said the two teachers like mary and terry yo you might not like terry <laughs> terry comes off as a dick but he's even though he's a dick right he in theory he's just trying to protect jennifer so you can kind of see what he's doing i mean he's really yeah coming about it as an asshole but his heart is in the right place but we get that that's the great thing you know even the people in this piece who you might go Ugh, i hate that character you know you you get where they're coming from you know you can see their point of view and i think that's the mastery of this storytelling because you do really see everyone's point of view you might not agree right you might not get it but you see it it's there you understand it and that's another of the things that makes safe spaces after class just a, a great watch it is definitely i feel that my favorite thing i've watched this week you know and i highly 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 recommend people that you all go check it out because i think it will just enrich your day so remember monday the 7th go check it out okay good good okay people so 
We are approaching the end of another episode. But before we bounce, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of film. <laughs> well, ah, people, for some reason, um, you know, director Julius Avery and Michael Clear who will be producing have decided to um yeah bring us a new film uh, set in the world of Van Helsing ah <laughs> oh, it's a crazy one man it is a crazy well we're not quite sure if it's a full on reboot or um if it's kind of set in the world with the character but yeah, Universal Pictures, their monster, their monster little situation is going to be continuing. Okay, so um, she starred in the uh, the play to a great applause, and now Maggie Smith is bringing a German life to the big screen. So um, yeah. She basically plays Brunhild Pomsel, who was the uh, secretary of Joseph Goebbels. If you um, don't know who that is, just do a Google. <laughs> he wasn't very nice. Uh, so in the play, it's a one-woman play. So it'll be interesting how they choose to adapt this for the big screen. Um, so they've got, um, I believe Christopher Hampton will be, uh, you know, doing the adaptation of this. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it works. Now, we have heard a lot of talk about the, um, the secret of such to uh, you know that 2007 classic David Cronenberg film Eastern Promise that starred Viggo Mortensen um, now Martin Zandvliet is uh, you know he's on board to direct uh, the sequel which is called Small Dark Look Okay, uh, and Stephen Knight, you know, he's returning to um, write the script. Uh, no real word on the story, but it is said that Jason Stephen might be uh, getting a part in the film. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, so um, Damien Cheezel. He's, uh, you know, he's got a new film, um, which is in the works, okay, so, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's called Babylon, okay, and it's, well, there was that, um, gosh, it was, um, Ryan Murphy, that was it, he had the Netflix series Hollywood, if you remember earlier in the year 
And this film kind of deals with a period of time I feel that was just before that Right, so um, Babylon will um, look at the transition in Hollywood When they went from silent films to, uh, you know, ones with talk in them The talkies, as they were often referred to so uh, yeah, the film will star Brad Pitt. Um, Margaret Robbie has just come in as a replacement to Emma Stone, who had to depart with um, you know scheduling conflicts. Uh, we've also got um, Lee Jean Lee, who will be playing Anne May Wong, um, and. Yeah, no other word on any cast members But uh, it could be interesting, you know Now, this, like, at the time you figured Okay, this is going to be a franchise, right? And, um, yes, we have now had word of the sequel So, um, remember last year with the huge Chinese sci-fi um, that hit Netflix, The Wandering Earth, you know, it was lavish. The story was a little bit hokey in places, but it was okay, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, they've announced now that the sequel will be hitting um, January 2023. So, um, yeah, you know, I think the, uh, you know, the budget of the first one, it was 50 million, but it made nearly 700. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, it is their third highest grossing films of all time. You know, it had rave reviews. It, you know, was all over Netflix So, yeah you, you knew more were in the works So we'll see what kind of What they uh, come up with For this follow-up story Now, spy films They're always You know, they're always a, a fodder For Hollywood And it sounds like a new franchise Could be in the works so, um, Skydance Media are, uh, yeah, they've got something called Heart of Stone, which they have just, uh, you know, they've just uh, attached Gal Gadot to for a hefty little sum, which is uh, definitely a good look for her. And, um, yeah, it, it's kind of a, a James Bondish film. As it were Tom Harper Is um, going to be directing And uh, oh, Our old friend Greg Rucker Is uh, Writing the script Along with Alison Schroeder Which um, yeah I think that's definitely Something to uh, Feel very confident with Because Rucker I think he's shown that he's a good he, well, he's definitely a good writer If you've read any of his comic book work But he also wrote 
um, the old guard that hit earlier in the year. And, hey, that was a very enjoyable film, you know? So, um, Godot, along with Dave, David Ellison, Dana Goldberg, Don Granger, and Jaron Varasano um, will be producing, ah, along with Bonnie Curtis and Julie Lynn. So, uh, yeah... I, I, I think this is something to uh, to look forward to. Okay, so there's a lot going down with Warner Brothers right now, right? Um, and one of those is they have just um, picked up the worldwide rights to the new Doug Lyman film called Lockdown. Um, yes. Unfortunately, the title does mean it is something that was set during lockdown. Mm-hmm. So it is described as a uh, a caper, <laughs> right? Um, it has got a big cast. So Anna Hathaway, Ben Stiller, Stephen Merchant, Chitwell Elephant. Lucy Boynton, Ben Kingsley, Mindy Kaling, and Jew Hill. So, yeah, I think for the cast alone, it, it, it's probably worth a look. Right? And Lyman does produce good films, you know, let's not front. Alright, so the other huge news with Warner Brothers right now is they have decided to... Um, Starting from next year, well, actually, starting in December with Wonder Woman 1984, their films will um, hit the cinema, and on the same day, they will go to HBO Max, but only for a month, right? So, um, it's an interesting move because then it goes back. After that month, it leaves HBO Max and everything goes to how it normally works. So the films involved will be Dune, The Matrix 4, uh, The Suicide Squad, um, In the Heights, The Many Saints of Newark, uh, Space Jam A New Legacy, Godzilla v Kong, uh, the new Conjuring film, the Mortal Kombat reboot, King Richard, uh, The Little Things, M- Malignant, Cry Macho, uh, the new Tom and Jerry film, Judas and the Black Messiah, um, Those Who Wish Me Dead, and Reminiscence. So, um, look, it's, I think it's a move that makes sense, you know, because it allows people who can't make it to the cinema to, see, to still see the film. But it is in a cinema, so people will go watch it. Because, people, going to the cinema, it's fun, it's an experience, and that will never go away, alright? 
Right. So, in other news, um, I think we've seen this character in a few films. I mean, I say character. She was a real person. Um, but, yeah, Cynthia Evo will be... Um, she's uh, going to star in and produce a film based on Sarah Forbes Bonetta, who was a 19th century princess. Okay, so her real name was Amuba Ania. Um, she was uh, an Igabodo princess of the Yoruba people, uh, but was orphaned and enslaved by a West African king. In 1850, this strong, educated black woman was taken in by Queen Victoria's court and put at the centre of British aristocracy, putting her under the public scrutiny and dealing with the dangers of the capricious court. Yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah. Basically, um, along with Evro, Solomon Williams, Lee Clark, Adam Ackland, and Renjik Atto will produce the film for BBC Films. Um, yeah, and it's like, um, I think it's based on uh, Walter Dean Meyer's book At Her Majesty's Request. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that could be very interesting. Um, now, some other news. Netflix have just picked up the global rights to um, Stowaway. All right, so this is the new film from director Joe Penner, um, who co-wrote it with Ryan Morrison. Okay, so um, it's got a, you know, it's got a good cast Like Anna Kendrick, Tony Collette and Daniel Day King Are all attached um, And basically, it's around a, a mission to Mars When an unintended stowaway accidentally causes severe damage To the spaceship's life support system Facing dwindling resources and a potentially grim outcome, a medical researcher, played by Kendrick, emerges as the only dissenting voice against the clinical logic of both her commander, played by Colette, and the ship's biologist, Kim. Hmm. I wonder what that is. So, also, um, Chick, Hudri, um, or Chico, even, is it Chico, Checo, Hudra, Coca, you know, he wrote Luke Cage, and was the showrunner, right, he's, um, yeah, he's bringing an adaptation of 40 acres um, to the big screen and that was a book by Dwayne Alexander Smith okay so it's about a civil rights attorney 
who must fight for survival when he's invited to join an elite black organization with a mind-blowing secret. Hey, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, at early stages, so no casting, but uh, it's being produced by Coca, James Jay-Z, James Lassiter, and Aaron Kaplan. So, uh, yeah, hey, that sounds like it could be very compelling. And let's end with this, people. All you trauma film, you know, fanatics, I think you might find this interesting because, uh, yeah, legendary entertainment are, um, yeah, making a new version of uh, the Toxic Avenger. Hmm, that is correct. Okay, so it's going to be directed by Macron Blair And uh, Pika Dinkage is, uh, yeah, he's involved Not sure what role, but he's there Now, Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Herz will be producing this new, uh, this new vehicle um, So, yeah, I don't know We will see uh, what happens. You know, it's still going to follow a struggling everyman who is pushed into a vat of toxic waste and transformed into a a mutant freak who must go from shunned outcast to underdog hero as he races to save his son, his friends and his community. From the forces of corruption and greed So, uh, yeah Think it could be fun Fingers crossed it is still As fun As the original But people That is us We are done for another week Hey, I, yeah I highly recommend That you, um You know, go check out Some of these films uh, safe space, as I said, is exceptional. I'm sure families will like the Christmas Carol, and then you've got, you know, the Glass Man and um, Lost at Christmas, which I am sure many of you will enjoy as well. So, until next Thursday, enjoy your film watching and uh, take it easy. All right. Peace.